You're listening to Work It Mommy, where the goal is for all women to be the best versions of themselves. And if you happen to be a mom, be the best mom ever and maintain your sanity while we do it. So today, uh, we're going to have an interesting conversation. We're going to talk about something that is a little bit different than we normally talk about, and that is behavior. Have you ever heard of a behavioral analyst? Um, Maybe you have, maybe you haven't, but I really wanted to explore this topic today because I feel that it's something that can be really key um, for a lot of women as far as their success with their businesses. I know we have a lot of women entrepreneurs who listen to the podcast, but also for your own personal growth and your personal development as well. So we have Jessica in from the Blonde Behavior Analyst. That's her business. Hi, Jessica. Hey. (laughs) Thank you so much for, you know, doing this. You know, I first um, actually found out about you on Instagram and I was just searching through things, you know, just looking up all kinds of crazy stuff that I look up and I came upon your page and there was something that I absolutely loved um, that you shared on your page. So yes, I actually stumbled upon that video on your Instagram and there was a couple of things that you said in that video that just really like resonated with me and the video was on feedback and you basically say that feedback is everywhere and you ask the question, are we open to feedback? How do we respond to it? And you know, do we say thank you and all of those things kind of factor into behavior so what was kind of the reasoning behind that video sure yeah um well i think that uh whether you're in the field of behavior analysis or not um we're always kind of getting feedback Mm -hmm. from our environment and from the people that we're with right so um we have an interaction with someone and it goes well or it doesn't go well right or we Mm -hmm. perform a task at work and it goes well or it doesn't go well right whether mm-hmm. it's direct feedback and people are telling us you did a great job or ooh you could have improved on that or it's just kind of the result of what happens after right so right. feedback is everywhere and when we look at feedback in this broad sense um it's such a gift right so we can learn from every single interaction we have we can learn from every single opportunity Um, or experience um, and being thankful for that feedback, even if it's tougher stuff, right? Sometimes people, people give us some feedback, um, you know, that might not be as awesome to hear, but they took that time to tell you. And now you can take that, you know, reflect on it and kind of decide where you go from there. Uh, So I think that's kind of, I mean, I I talk about feedback in a lot of different ways. I do, you know, a lot of mentorship and talk about a lot of leadership with entrepreneurs and other and also other behavior analysts or graduate students. Um, but that was, I think that was pretty much, I, I did that video a while ago, but I'm pretty sure that was the root motivation behind that one. Yeah, you know, and I, I really like what you said because, you know, again, for entrepreneurs, small business owners, the way that we deal with the feedback that we get from our customers and things like that, it really can make or break the business. You know, that experience that we have is just is so important. So I really like the way that you went into that. Now, though, I do want to ask you because, again, you know, a behavioral analyst, that's not a term that you hear every day. So I do want to kind of educate the listeners. So can you tell us what a behavior analyst is? Sure. Um, So technically, uh, so again, outside of the field, you'll hear the term behavior analyst, behavioral analyst. Um, Technically, we call ourselves board certified behavior analysts. Mm -hmm. So BCBA. So uh, that's kind of what our acronym is. 
Um, and so technically we're scientists who study behavior. Mm-hmm. It's really that simple. Uh, so we use our science uh, called applied behavior analysis to help others in ways that impact and improve their quality of life mm-hmm. that are socially significant. Um, and so ABA covers all behavior, um, humans, animals, individuals, businesses and companies, um, kids, adults. Um, and we're, we're called a science because we're rooted in data and analysis mm-hmm. of data. Um, and we have a bunch of research that supports what we do. Um, so if you like Google applied behavior analysis, you'll mm-hmm. probably see a strong association with the autism spectrum disorder diagnoses and that community, as well as developmental disabilities. Oh, interesting. And, and those diagnoses, you'll see a strong emphasis there. Um, but that's not reflective of truly what our science is. You'll see that strong association because there's a lot of funding there right now. Right. Um, there's a lot of research. There's a lot of research with that, those populations, but there's a lot of funding. Um, and so that's why you'll see such a strong emphasis. But truly, we are the science of all behavior, and that can be generalized to anything, which is why I'm obsessed with it, and I'll never get tired of it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, this is something I actually found out about this whole field like a couple years ago, like maybe five years ago. And I became ex- obsessed with it as well from like the business owner standpoint and in personal relationships because you know, the way we interact and, you know, like behave with each other is just so important. And it kind of gives you when you can understand the science behind why we do the things we do, it gives you like insight into who you are, and then who other people are that you're dealing with. And then for me, it's given me the ability to be like, okay, this is a person that I want in my life based on their behaviors. And then, you know, this is someone that I don't want in my life. And it's helped me to be like, okay, I need to change this behavior that I'm doing. And here's why, you know, when you can see that science behind, and that's why I appreciate so much what you do and why I'm so happy you're on the podcast today is because this is stuff that, you know, as everybody, but especially sometimes as women, we don't think about like what we're doing and why we're treating each other the way we treat each other or as business, you know, why we even do our businesses the way that we do. Um, it just answers a lot of those whys for me. So. And I think you made a great point. So, you know, yes, I mean, I love it because it helps me understand myself better for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm not a parent just yet, um, but uh, I know it'll help me be a little bit more confident and level-headed um, sure. in that situation as well, because mm-hmm. I've spent so many years, I mean, I provided services in you know hospital settings to families and children, um, homes, public school districts, p- private schools, clinics. So I've worked a lot with families. And one thing I know as a human, even without being a parent, um, when you're emotionally involved, it's difficult to make level-headed decisions because you love your kids or you love your spouse or you love your best friend, right? And it's hard to make um, objective level-headed decisions when you are wrapped up in all that emotion. And so what I've really loved about behavior analysis is it's given me a lens to look through and it keeps me kind of logical, to be honest. (laughs) And that's right there. I'm a very logical, like almost like type A, just like do it right the first time. Sometimes I can be a perfectionist, but like, I think that's why it also appeals to me because it just like simplifies life and it makes me more like efficient in some ways. So I'm just like, yeah, this is what I should be doing. In some ways, in some ways. Right. Tell this because once you understand the science of behavior, then you can't see it 
And now you're, you know, at a restaurant and you're like, huh, 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 you know? So, That's careful. so true. You make a good point. You make a very good I point. <laughs> I don't know if anything can simplify life, but yeah. Uh, um, now, how have you personally, you know, I share some things about like how I've, you know, benefited and I'm just a layman. Like, obviously you're a professional, you have like your degree in this and stuff, but you know, just for me, like reading up on it, like I've read some books and you do have a book um, that we're going to talk about in a little bit as well. But um, just you personally, how have you benefited um, from understanding this from an organizational standpoint and then just human behavior? How has that helped you um, as a, female entrepreneur? Yeah. And I love this question. I love this question. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. So, um, so again, with the, what the science of ABA is, right. Um, mm-hmm. I understand the variables that drive and impact human behavior. Right. Um, that doesn't mean I have my life together either. Right. We're all imperfectly beautiful. Right. right. Um, and that mean, you know, you know, I'm still a human, right? But mm-hmm. I do understand and I've studied those variables that impact human behavior. And so across my years of experience, I've been able to, again, generalize what I've learned to kids, caregivers, staff, leadership teams, um, executive teams, and businesses as a whole. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we don't really have to have enough time today, I think, for me to go through what all of those components in the science are right. that play a role. But um, some of those things are like motivation, right? Mm -hmm. Really making sure that we have and understand the motivation of the people we're serving or the people we're interacting Mm. with. Yes. And also the use of, I don't know if you've heard of the word reinforcement. Yes. So, yeah. And so so the term reinforcement, which is pretty commonly used in the field of psychology, um, our definition of reinforcement is anything that really increases the likelihood of a behavior happening again in the future. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so research, you know, has proved that the way that we use this and when we use reinforcement can dramatically impact the behavior of others. Mm -hmm. Uh, So specifically, you know, and another key piece is the immediacy of reinforcement, right? So Mm -hmm. if someone does a job performance uh, really well, telling them two weeks later is going to be way less effective than telling them immediately, right? And what reinforces or increases behavior for some people is different for others. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of individualization there. So um, so like when I, you know, collaborate and connect with other people, because I understand the science of human behavior, I mm-hmm. can help them more quickly. I can be more effective and more efficient because I know the interactions that are required basically between them and myself or them and their staff or them and their leadership team or different departments within their company that can expedite the learning, the growth, and also maintain their motivation. Um, So that's kind of one piece. I mean, the other part, again, I've kind of learned how to be really objective in my relationships. Mm -hmm. That is, you know, just setting boundaries that's loosely used, but I'm, you know, I'm not going to use too much technical language today, Um, (laughs) but you know, like I'm looking at the facts, I'm looking at the data and I'm making decisions and having conversations with people that are based in like observable truths right? Trackable data too, you know? Right, right. So, um, and part of that skill set is really like self-awareness, right? So Mm -hmm. I need to also understand those variables that are driving my behavior. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And again, as you know, as we all know, there are behaviors that are positive or behaviors that we do want to see stay there or increase, but we also all engage in behaviors that we want to see decrease. Yes. Right? <laughs> so, so the self-awareness, um, me be, being self-aware of my own behavior, looking at the variables that kind of impact that and, um, and being able to understand that for other people is definitely key. Yes, I think especially because, again, of the piece that you were saying about, you know, in different organizations, you know, in leadership, especially for, our, you know, female entrepreneurs, we want our staff or our clients or whomever to be motivated. And I think one thing that a lot of small business owners or entrepreneurs miss is making sure people are motivated, right? Like motivated to do their jobs and to do them well. And then same um, with buying, motivated to buy and why. And to really get that motivation up, you have to understand human behavior. Um, mm -hmm. It really helps with marketing too, um, I have found. But um, anyway, uh, I wanted to ask you too, three tips, since you are like, you know, a professional in this, I really want to pick your brain today. Um, what are three tips that you would give to um, a female entrepreneur, you know, uh, as far as supervision? Like, what are your three tips there? Love all your questions. <laughs> um, all right. So, and honestly, a lot of these are going to be in my book, which I'll tell you about later, but, uh, but these are coming straight from my book because I'm so passionate about this stuff. Yes. Um, I'm trying to just share it um, so it can help other people. The first one is identifying your values and asking yourself, like, what's your why, right? Yes. What are, why are you even doing this, right? What do you want your life? And I'm going big picture life before mm -hmm. business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you're in your old age, right? Hopefully we all get there. When, when we're in our old age and we look back, what do you want your life to stand for? That's it. And and when you look back at your life, what would you have wanted to accomplish, created, given, done, um, said, uh, that is going to make you have no regrets? Number mm -hmm. one, if you have not asked yourself that question, you need to start right there. Yep. Because that is just your purpose as a human. Number one. Mm -hmm. I just gave I get so passionate about this. That's number one. <laughs> number two. <laughs> number two. Um, then you go down, you know, to your business, right? So hopefully your values for your life purpose are in alignment with your business, right? Yes. So if you're like, I just really want to help as many people as possible. Like, let's say that's your value. Okay. Now with whatever your skill set or craft is, right? Hopefully helping people is embedded mm -hmm. in that business, mm -hmm. right? So you want to make sure that there's fluidity and there's alignment with your values and what you want for your life. And then it goes into your business. The reason why is you want to love what you do right. and you, you don't want to feel like, oh my gosh, I have to wake up today and do the job I created for myself like, <laughs> right. that way. That sucks. You know, so, um, <laughs> Definitely Although I do have those days, truth be told, <laughs> like, why did I do this to myself? Oh my God, this is so much work. Anyway, <laughs> join the club, join the club. I get it. I get it. But that's not the goal, right? The goal right. is to not feel that way as much, maybe like decrease the number of calendar days that you feel that way. Right. Yes. Uh, so that's number one. Um, number two. So I think that Probably if, if we asked a bunch of people, you know, what images pop in their head when I say the word entrepreneur, there's probably mm. a strong association with being alone or solo mm. and you can own your own business and do your thing, but you don't have to be alone in that journey. 
And you do not need to shy away from collaborating, finding like-minded people, getting a mentor, um, building or joining a tribe like that yes. is all rooted in the same values. That is like the bread and butter of life for me. Like I love having a community of people that want to help and empower other people to live their dream and be proud of their life, right? And I think that's such a movement that's just awesome. Um, And so I don't, I wanna make sure that any female entrepreneurs who are out there, don't be by yourself. And if you're choosing to look into why that is, is Mm -hmm. fear keeping you isolated, right? Mm. Because your fear is being hurt because you have trust issues because you've been burned in the past. Are you scared of feedback? Do you not want to give that much visibility to people because you're worried about them giving feedback, right? And what's your learning history with feedback? So lean into that. If you are shying away from collaboration, um, lean into that and really sit with that for a little bit and figure out why. Um, and very good segue to that, uh, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. This is all in my book. I love it. So when you are uncomfortable, you are growing. Yep. Yep. You're learning. And when you are cozy, you are stagnant and plateauing. Now you can Mm. be cozy for a weekend, right? Right. I'm not saying we should all live and be hypervigilant and <laughs> constantly miserable because we're like, we got to grow. We got to grow. Right. Right. Balance it's is key, cool. you know? <laughs> right. But <laughs> I think it's natural. I think it's natural for people to, again, try to avoid things that are uncomfortable, maybe because they're new, right? Everybody's right. bad at stuff when that's new. You're learning a new skill. You're never good at something when you're trying it for the first time. So people tend to avoid that. True. Or they have not so good or not so positive of a history with a situation. So in the future, they just want to avoid it. Right. Mm -hmm. But you're really cutting yourself off to growth. And so I think getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, leaning into things that scare you. And not scare you, you know, that compromise your safety. Um, but I mean, if I'm going to, you know, kind of deviate from this question a little bit and share something. Um, so like last Please. night, for example. So um, <clears throat> I, uh, about a month and a half ago, I reached out to all my graduate students and supervisees. And I was like, I would love to hold a multiculturalism, diversity and racism group. I love it. Just on that. And I'm facilitating the group, but I'm not the expert. I'm a white blonde girl, right? <laughs> so, so, you know, and if I, and I thought about that, you know, that scares the heck out of me, right? Mm-hmm. Thinking about making, taking that initiative and trying to hold this group. And I was uncomfortable throughout the whole group, listening to stories that like broke my heart and us talking and going through the research and the lack of research in those areas. Um, And my, you know, my graduate student uh, cohorts, I mean, they're literally from all over the world. I mean, we've got like Sri Lanka, we've got um, Abu Dhabi, Hawaii, um, both sides of Canada, every time zone of the U.S. So it's a very diverse group of people. Right. And I, um, I was really moved last night by holding that group and it was so uncomfortable to ramp up to do that, wow. but because it scared me and normally 
you know, like normally that would be something we would avoid, right? Mm -hmm. um, or I would avoid, but I knew because I wanted to avoid it, it was exactly what I needed to do. That's and, it. and all these conversations happen. And I, I mean, and we're can continue doing it for the next several months. We're building, um, we're basically building a presentation together of all of our findings and awesome. I'm going to ask them to co-present it with me uh, and kind of share this experience with the world. And it's just like, imagine if I let my fear win. That's it. Sometimes right? you got to push through it. You have to push. That's the only way to move forward. You know what I mean? It's yeah. self-exploration. Just like when, you know, you visit or explore new land, you just got to get out there and go sometimes. And something beautiful usually happens on the other side. Yeah. That's incredible. Well, I'm really excited to see and hear more about that. I hope that you'll come back and tell us about that because yeah. I'm very intrigued. I love actual... Um, studies like that real social studies real human behavior studies because the proof is in the pudding you know yeah. um yeah. okay guys i want to actually go ahead now and i really want to give you some more information on jessica okay so first uh, place that i would encourage you to go is her website okay and that is the blondebehavioranalyst.com and on her website she has a ton of information on um, what BCBA is and how it helps in a lot of different areas, how it helps, you know, if you are an entrepreneur, even if it's self-development or whatever um, way you are trying to learn more about you and the people around you, this is going to be a great resource. Now, she has some one-on-one -on -one mentorship uh, groups that she offers. She also has like the focus groups, which she mentioned just now. Um, and so that's also a great opportunity. Why not join a focus group, you know, um, get some real data going for yourself and really just explore that. And then of course, um, she has some one-on-one -on -one consultation services as well that are really great. Now, um, I want to talk about your book for a little bit, which is right now on pre-order guys. And, um, I have not gotten my copy yet, but I will because I'm very, I think you literally just launched this like maybe a week ago. Like, yes. so it's still very new. So I'm like not behind that. I don't have this yet. So no, you're not behind yet. <laughs> um, but please tell us, just give us kind of what the reader can expect from your book and how it's going to help them. Sure. So I've broken this book down into two parts. The first part is my very rocky journey to entrepreneurship mm. and COVID-19 had a massive, was a massive variable dude, in that. Dude. I always knew, I always knew I wasn't meant to work for other people, mm -hmm. but I didn't have other variables set up in my life where I had that opportunity. Right. And you'll learn about that in the first half of the book. This is not a long book. I, I love it. <laughs> It's not a long book, y'all. You could read, I mean, this, I think it's 54 pages. I've literally Beautiful. packed as much information into, I think it's 54 pages. So that's the first part of the book is my journey to entrepreneurship. And um, you need a little bit of background of what I've been through in order to understand where I am and how I got here, right? right. And then the second part of the book um, is actually a workbook. And so Ooh. I, all these tough questions and these tough topics, um, I ask the reader, I kind of hand over the mic and I ask them, um, to kind of do some self-reflection and really engage in the book. Ooh. Um, so in the tail end of that first of the first half of the book, I talk about all these, all these lessons that I ended up learning. And then I mm -hmm. kind of, again, kind of shine the mirror onto the reader. Um, so there's a bunch of workbook sections. There's a, um, like an activity at the end with a table. 
Um, and then I also have a section at the end of recommended readings. And these are not behavior analytic books. These are mm -hmm. books all across that just changed my life. That like, if I had one wish is that you guys got your hands on these books too. Mm. And so, um, so yeah, so it's really short and sweet. Um, I try, I'm again, I'm a very efficient creature. I love so, it. <laughs> um, I'm, not, I can't, I'm not gonna write 350 pages. Like we don't always have the time, right? I, I need like the cliff notes versions of books, you know, right. like I want the meat and I'm gonna digest it and implement it, man, you know? Right, exactly. And I think, and that way for me, I think that's best because I can do subtopics. And so yeah. what I do is every couple months now, this is like my promise to myself every couple months, I take a couple days by myself. I do not meet with clients and I see what comes. And that's actually, I actually wrote this book um, on one of those trips um, where I just kind of checked out and this just came, I didn't even plan. I wasn't even planning on writing a book. I love it. I love it. I, it was not on the map for me. It like, it so, just flew out of your creativity, you know, that's beautiful. Wow, incredible. Now, the other um, resource that I want to share with people is actually your Instagram page. So if you're watching this on YouTube, guys, um, and if you're on podcast at some point, just pop over to YouTube and take a look here. Um, if you go to her Instagram, it's the Blonde Behavior Analyst on Instagram, okay? And you will see lots of really good videos. She does a ton of videos. Right now, she has a lot of videos up about the book but she does a lot of videos that are motivational that encourage you to really um, look into yourself look into the behaviors of others and then figure out what you need to implement and change and then get the job done so um, I really recommend that you um, check out Jessica's Instagram as well again on your your focus groups um, are those anyway like do you like have all of your focus groups selected or are we able to kind of approach you with ideas for focus groups if if we want to participate in them. I love that. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So again, I, I'm here to serve, right? So if people reach out to me and there's a theme, whether it's, you know, it's surrounding parenting and, and moms, you know, mm -hmm. or maybe it, I, I know you have like a younger population as well, um, mm -hmm. and, you know, following you. Um, so if people are interested about pursuing behavior analysis as a career, or if it's doing some of, you know, learning some of those skills of, self-awareness and, you know, leadership behaviors prior to even having the opportunity to own your own business, right? And you're younger, um, mm -hmm. totally. Um, if there's a demand and it's within my scope and in my skill set, and I know I can do it well, um, I'll absolutely create space for that. Um, and we can craft that. So I love that. I love that. I'm definitely not a cookie cutter approach. I'm not stuck in my, in a little box. So I love it. If enough people come with this concept and it is within my scope and my wheelhouse and I can do it well, if you ask me about dental work, I have nothing. <laughs> I have nothing for you. I will. I love it. So uh, yeah, I would love that. Absolutely. Oh, that is great thing. Yeah, guys. So I would definitely encourage you, you know, if there's, um, you know, topics that you want more information on, want to participate in a focus group, being a part, let me just tell you, you know, the benefits of being in a focus group and why you would want to reach out to Jessica to do that. When you're in a focus group, you get to actually be part of like a research team in so to speak 
so to speak, because you're offering your personal experience on a specific topic. We work through whatever our topics are. We might be reading research. Mm-hmm. Um, we could be draft. I mean, everyone is, every focus group is so different. We could be creating presentations to eventually offer as a CEU event. Okay. Um, some we might just be working through a specific text, not textbook, but like a workbook. Okay. Um, and really reflecting and sharing our experiences. Um, so it really just depends on what the topic is and what the best way to approach that is. If we're talking about, you know, science behind parenting, that's mm-hmm. going to look very different than, again, like a group on multiculturalism and diversity. Right, right, right. right. There's some things that need structure. There's other things where we need to flow and be here and connect and be vulnerable and create this like psychologically safe space. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, again, kind of like you were saying, benefits of focus group, I mean, yeah, yes, um, you know, there are all those that you mentioned, but truly for me, you create lifelong relationships with people that live mm. across the whole world. I love and it. you feel so much less alone and you realize that it doesn't matter what we all look like or where we're all from or what accents we have or what dialects we have or what languages we have spoken. Yes. We all have similar experiences, feelings, thoughts, emotions, and we're all in this together and we are stronger together. So um, that's really what I get out of focus groups. It's amazing the connections that are created. I love that. You're so right. We're so similar. We're so focused on what our differences are. Focus on the similarities. There's so many, overwhelmingly, you know. So, you know, we all have reasons why we do certain things. And like for you, you mentioned, you know, know your why. And that's something that you'll hear a lot in psychology. Like, why, why, why? Like, why do you want to do this? Why do you want to have this business? Or why do you want to pursue this career path? So I want to ask you, why did you decide to become a behavior analyst? Yeah. Um, so as I, as I go, my why um, continues to change, right? As right. I grow and evolve. Um, so when I started, um, I really wanted to work with kids who needed help. That's really why I got into this. Um, I saw just an incredibly devastating lack of resources for America's young people. Um, I had finished my first master's degree. Uh, My first master's was in criminal justice in New York city. Oh, nice. And thanks. And, uh, and then I got my second one in, in applied behavior analysis. Um, but, uh, So yeah, so after I'd finished my first master's, I really dug deep into like what else is out there for our kids in America? Because it's not enough. Kids are getting labeled bad kids. Kids are getting labeled, you know, from a rough neighborhood and they aren't even getting diagnoses. They're not even identified as like, maybe that's a kid that needs help. Like maybe that's what's right. Most of the time, that's what it is. That's what it boils down to. You're so right. And I, and that happened for me at like age 20. Right. And I was like, mm. is this what kids in America? Cause we are in trouble as a country. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. um, and so I just started digging and that's how I discovered behavior analysis. Mm. And so when that happened, I was running like my own, like nannying business kind of out of Greenwich, Connecticut. And, mm. um, and I knew behavior analysis was like my jam because I, I felt like the science of ABA just described my common sense of how to run households and get kids to do what you want them to do and change their behavior. Right. Right. Um, And so, so I just love that part of, you know, it relying on data. It meant that I could prove what I was doing was effective. Right. 
Right. It wasn't just like, everyone feels like it's working. No, there's data. Like it, it's working. Right. Right. Um, so again, then I kind of got my second master's um, in applied behavior analysis. Um, I worked through different settings in the field and my why just continued to change. Um, I ran, you know, the autism unit of a psychiatric hospital for children. Mm. Um, I worked alongside families and homes and clinics, public schools again. Um, and then so throughout that experience, I started to move into management and leadership and I started to grow and scale and create companies uh, from nothing. I built leadership teams um, and I shaped the behaviors of upcoming leaders dealing with conflict. Mm -hmm. And I just learned a lot of lessons. And so my why now is to help people who are going to be either owning their own business, mm -hmm. people who want to just become a board certified behavior analyst mm. and now I'm helping, now I'm helping shape behaviors of people who are going to be in leadership roles instead of, because that all trickles down. Right. And right. so now my why is always the same of helping people, but it's changed different branches. As, as I'm able to, yeah, have bigger impact by helping different populations. Um, so that's kind of how I got into the path and like where I am now and why I chose it. I love it. So again, like the key main core value running through the middle and I get, I want to make that point for everyone who's listening is the why, like, why are you doing what you're doing is, you know, in terms of your career or your home life for you, it's helping people for me. That's, you know, that's what we have in common. That's my same core value as well. But then you could branch off and do all of these other things that are related to, but are still, you know, helping people. So I think that's great. And I really have to say, I, um, appreciate everything you've done um, with the children's work that you've done with the different um, clinics that you've done and everything like that. Um, for those of you listening who are moms, you know, having someone who really understands uh, what behavior is and how to help um, a child who maybe, you know, they just haven't been diagnosed properly, or maybe they, you know, just feel like they don't have anyone that they can talk to. There's a lot of things that shape kids' behavior. And I know you'll come back again and talk, you know, specifically about that, um, because that is huge. And as moms, I think we can feel overwhelmed sometimes, like, hey, you know, how do I, you know, change it? You know, it's little things that happen, but we are empowered. We can do it, you know, which is being positive and learning these things um, really can be helpful. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much for having me today. This was wonderful. So we have learned so much from Jessica today. So in this episode, we kind of got, you know, an overview of what a behavior analyst is and why Jessica got into it and why you may want to also um, get her book. It's a very small read. It'll give you some really good information on uh, examining human behavior and how you can use that in your personal life and also with your business. So just a really general, um, broad overview today. I know you guys will tune in next time when I sit down with Jessica and we'll have some in-depth conversations on some specific topics that'll be interesting for all women um, because there is a variety of us listening. Some of us are moms, some of us are teenagers, some of us are young professionals, um, some of us are grandmas, okay? All right, ladies, I want to thank you so much for listening to Work It Mommy. Have a great day and we'll see you in the next episode.